for our international audiences, you might not understand why today's important, but for our Canadian audience, today's Thanksgiving. Guys, on episode number 214 of the Jersey Wall podcast, we've decided to do a Thanksgiving special. Everything we're thankful for in football. We hope you enjoy. Mina, happy Thanksgiving, dude. Happy Thanksgiving, dude. How was it? I know you had dinner yesterday. I'm having dinner today. You know what? How was I can have no complaints. I had uh, Thanksgiving on Saturday with dad family. Had Thanksgiving on Sunday with mom family. Today, we have Jersey Wall responsibilities. We have other stuff that we got to do. But there's a lot of people who celebrate Thanksgiving Monday on the Monday because today is the holiday. So yeah. happy Thanksgiving to all. We hope you guys happy have a wonderful everyone. Day. Enjoy the food. Brethren, today is not the day to like worry about calories, to worry about protein intake. No. Just go ham. Literally. Diet starts and tomorrow. So, yeah, it literally diet starts tomorrow. Usually diet starts on Monday. So I don't know yeah. if diet starts Tuesday. This might just be a cheat week. We'll go back hey, to it on next long week. weekends. We move everything to Tuesday anyway. That's because true. Garbage day moves to Tuesday. But diet can start Tuesday. Then diet can start Tuesday <laughs> as well. I completely agree, dude. Yesterday, post-Turkey, yeah, yeah, I went to a concert. No, a this is crazy. Dude. So let me just take everybody through the significance of October 8th. I didn't know that this day would be meaningful to me. But one year ago yesterday, I went to the Man City game in England. It was over Thanksgiving Ooh. weekend last year. So I got to see all the memories come back on my phone of going to the game. One year ago today, That's we did the amazing. stadium tour. So it's cool. Like these days are significant to me because I was with my dad. We flew to England, flew to, to Manchester to watch City play. We got the stadium tour. We were in Manchester for a couple of days. We came back. It was like lifetime experience. Do you remember? I was sitting on this show yeah, the very yeah, next incredible. week. I was like, bro, this is the coolest thing ever. Well, Biggest smile ever, this weekend, ever literally this weekend, we were back. We're here. Um, and grandparents come down from, from Montreal as they, as they tend to. And we end up purchasing tickets to go see Queen play. Yeah. Live here, which is on freaking real. So on Thanksgiving. That's a dream come true, man. I got to eat all the turkey I could handle. And I ate conservatively mind you because i was like turkey you, you and stuffing is yeah. so dense like you're gonna be so tired after this i'm like i can't go to a concert yeah full no, of turkey been stuff so sleepy literally so i ate pretty light i would say like i ate as though i was only 140 pounds but i'm 240 <laughs> pounds right so like i i didn't eat accordingly to to what i had to but doesn't matter bro we ended up going to to see queen which is just crazy bro like i was talking to to leah i went with my girlfriend leah and we were sitting i know you want to ask me about this so we ended up getting the cheapest seats that we could which were 220 bucks a ticket and Listen, we're gonna man. get to the footy guys this is significant seeing queen is seeing queen seeing queen is seeing queen. nobody could take that away from me no literally and because i like to put a positive spin on things i decided to look at this as a positive where we were sitting was technically called rear view <laughs> And rear view, what that means is behind the stage. Well, you know who else was behind the stage? Who? The VIP people in their backstage yeah, passes. So yeah, they were. I looked at it as though we had backstage seats to Queen because technically, <laughs> technically, we were behind the stage, back and behind are synonyms. <laughs> so we were backstage. We were behind the stage. We got to see the concert. I had no problem with our seats, to be completely honest with you. It was fun. There was nobody next to us. So we got like some room for dancing. We got to sing. We got to dance. You know what? Brian May, crazy dude. He's Brian 76 so and Brian still so shred. It was basically starring him. Like, he, he's the star of the show. Yeah, he is the star of the show because it's no Freddy, right? No. 
So who's the next star of the show? It's Him. it's the lead guitarist, and always yeah. it's been the case like that. So because people would think it'd be Adam Lambert, but there were songs done that Adam Lambert was not a part of, but Brian May was part of every single thing. Yeah, that they yeah, did. yeah exactly. No, and Brian in this, May is, Brian May is the star of the show right now. Shout out Roger Taylor's this... role. Queen's like one of our, both of our favorite bands, Brian. Like literally, and thing. for me, I would never spend money to go to a concert, like huge money, never, because I I'm like I just don't care that much. There's a few instances in my life where I'm like, okay, I got to go with somebody because it's for them. Yeah. The only band ever that I was like, I will pay disgusting amounts of money to go see and to me disgusting amounts of money in excess of $200 a ticket was Queen. And we got to go. And we were basically 30 feet from the stage. Yeah. Behind it. But you still, know, we were right there. We could see it. I'm not hating on your seats because I had similar seats when I went to see Bon Jovi. And you know you know how much I love Bon Jovi. And like, yeah. it, it didn't take a single thing away from the show. Like, it was still amazing. It's John amazing. Bon Jovi still rocked it, you know. So I was living fun. on a prayer the whole night. So literally, bro. It oh, so it's so cool. Did they play Bohemian Rhapsody? Of course they did. They did. Yeah, That's that was the, the closer, and then they had see. the encore, and then the encore yeah. went into um we will, we will rock, rock you, you and, and yeah. then we are the champions. I'm like, this is yeah. a perfect close-up. But there's man, I That's love incredible. anyway. This is not necessarily part of the episode, but I want everyone to hopefully something you're thankful. I, for. I find happiness is contagious, right? So I hope yeah. that my joy translates to everybody else. Even if you don't care for Queen, I mean, you're crazy if you don't care for Queen, bro. Go listen to Queen. That's like the greatest. Yeah, band you're of all time. extremely uncultured. I told you this a couple, <laughs> a couple of years ago, but seeing people's reaction to first time listening to Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> is one of my favorite things to do <laughs> because they have it's the same right like you have no idea yeah. where it's gonna go and it just has six songs so everybody if you haven't seen that video yet go watch people react to bohemian rhapsody <laughs> and free bird by leonard skinner absolute bangers of songs unreal content speaking of unreal content let's get into the jersey well today guys we're approaching international break which means and you guys know we don't care for international Nobody but who cares about international break that's just an opportunity for us to have some fun and and mess about we're thankful for a lot of things in football. Now, there are some fan bases who right now are in the mud. <clears throat> not going to say who in particular. Yeah, you'll Somebody's notice, not here you'll today. notice my list is not very United specific. <laughs> <laughs> and and you'll jo- notice Joe Joe's just, not here. Yeah, Joe just quit the episode before it started. He was like, I'm not. I'm thankful for you guys and TJW. Yeah, and I think that's important because Joe's like, listen, and by the way, shout out to Mark because Joe's brother. It's his birthday yeah, today. Birthday, Joe says, guys, I'm not coming for the episode. But here, I'm thankful for Jersey Wall because if it wasn't for Jersey Wall, I would not be watching footy right now. I don't care about footy. He's <laughs> I hate footy right now because but Jersey Wall is everything. And so, bro's coming off a 4-1 win as well. Like he's hurt. Literally. He's hurt, hurt. He's like, this isn't <laughs> enough. I need to see way, way, way more things. But there's lots of things to be grateful for as a whole in the sport. And it could go from whether your favorite athletes, your favorite teams, favorite coaches, favorite, whatever it is, there's lots of things. And so what Mina and I are going to do today, we've shared the responsibilities of the show outline. We're going to bounce back and forth. I'm going to go. He's going to go. I'm going to go. He's going to go. And what we're going to hope to do is basically come up with 10 things that we're grateful for, that we're thankful, thankful for in football. And hopefully you guys resonate with a few of these because I think they're really good. We ready? Absolutely. You want to kick it off? You want me to kick it off? I'll kick it off because I got to get this one out of the way. All right, go. Number one, I'm very thankful that I'm not a Liverpool fan. That is number one. <laughs> Absolutely number one. Thank God I'm thank not a supporter God. of Liverpool. And thank God you are not a supporter of Liverpool because that friendship wouldn't have ended in the beginning. It'd be very, very different. It would right? not have started, yeah. Could you imagine in an alternate universe where this is like a Liverpool appreciation show? Ugh, no, I can't. Uh, I literally I can't. can't bring my mind to do no. it. No. 
imagine instead of the city jerseys I have on this wall, these were all like different Liverpool players. I'm like, what the hell no. are you doing, bro? No. I couldn't do it. I could never. Yeah, that's a very good thing to be thankful for, first and foremost, because I thank God every day that neither of us are Liverpool fans. Because, bro, ah, uh, uh, it's it's a funny way stomach. of saying thank God I was born with a brain. So that that's really it. <laughs> It's a very, very nice way of putting it. I'm also thankful for this. Are we going to stay on the note of these uh, silly, goofy ones? Because I got, I, I actually, I took mine very, very seriously. If we tell you something seriously, I, all of these things <laughs> I went, I was like, I'm going to reflect on this and I'm really going to write some things that I'm tr- well I and have, truly grateful for. I have a couple serious ones. All right. I'm going to go next. You pick it back off it. Yeah. The first thing I'm, I'm thankful for, and this should come as no surprise to anybody. I actually have tears not of joy, but tear, like with an eye, tears of <laughs> things I'm grateful for within the realm of this first thing. First thing I'm grateful for is Man City. I knew it. Now, I kicked off the show saying a year ago today, a year ago today, I flew 6,000 kilometers. And by the way, that's probably more than that because that's the distance to Manchester. But I flew to Germany to then fly to right. Manchester. So I, tw- twice in the span of four days. Okay, because this is how the, the trip went to watch this team play and I watched them smash Southampton and it was just such an unbelievable experience I'm like this is the culmination of like 15 years of my fandom for this team which I never you'd never think of when you're small right you just kind of start watching and you're like who 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 clicks you don't choose yeah when you're small you just yeah who's that I'm like yo Yaya Torre is awesome are you kidding me this guy's sick how do you guys like other teams (laughs) genuinely that's my reaction watching it was like we have Sergio Aguero why do you even care about other players? Sergio Aguero's <laughs> awesome. And I'm just looking at the players in the city. I'm like, these guys are sick. And they click with me, right? Right away, it just, it, it resonated with me. And I couldn't look back from that point forward. Okay, I was like nine, 10 years old, whatever it was. Yeah. So there's things that I'm grateful for within the tiers of Man City fandom. Because to be honest, it's been a, it's been a pretty nice last 10 years as a City fan. I can't, I can't complain. I can right, imagine, now we're yeah. in the, right now we're in the mud on form. City don't lose three in a row. We lost three in a row. You know, look at my reaction. Do I look upset right now? I'm like, ah, who cares? Bro, we're still going <laughs> to win. It doesn't matter. Everything's fine. Just, just a little hiccup right now. <laughs> the first thing within Man City right now that I'm thankful for is Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Dude. I, I like, would you, honestly, I would say that the first thing you should be thankful for, and, and I don't like to do this, I like... Obviously, you you are thankful for this, and once I mention it, you'll know is the own like the management at the club, not right. the ownership, like how it's run, and that yeah. translates to why Pep was selected. Exactly, yeah, that's and it, it's on that that that's should go without saying because you're absolutely yeah. right. Like that's an underappreciated part of such a how run machine. Like, yeah, teams run right. Like there's so many clubs. You know, we were talking about this the other day, and I'm sure we're gonna. I'm sure at some point we'll talk about United, but. Not in the thankful episode. No, not in the thankful. We're talking about like, yo, if if the ownership was better, then we'd be great. And it's like, how many teams in the world would you say have like elite level ownership? I would say like five, like maybe five. That you have yeah. some good ones. You have some average ones because you, you can't all be elite, right? It's not the nature yeah. of the thing. Who's elite and how are they elite? And you look at like City because they spend intelligently and the infrastructure they've put in over the last 10 years has been spent heavy early on, but now it's mostly like recouping Academy sales. So like you basically paid for an asset that pays for itself for years yeah. to come where you're either going to get world-class players or copious amounts of bags for kids who have never played for you. That's such, such good yeah. strategy. And then how I'm even Pep looking at like Bayern Munich, right? So like Bayern are not, Bayern's the next one. Like they're not loaded, right? Like they, they don't have a sovereign state on them and they can nope. spend on whatever they want. 
but Bayern is such a like a well-oiled machine and that's that's what I mean by that like the ownership yeah. is the management and it's it's not necessarily the the funding it's the how you it's know how, it's how the strategically they they fund the club this could probably be a whole episode in of itself yeah, we yeah. can probably do a little mini list of, like I'll let you it, you know take it back yeah Benfica crazy Brighton crazy yeah Newcastle right now crazy you, you probably make a case for PSG Real Madrid you could probably Madrid, make a yeah. case for Real Madrid, to be honest. Like, you could make a case against Real Madrid because you could say, well, you know, they had a lot of Galacticos that didn't yeah. always work out. I can understand that, but they they three-peated the Champions League, bro. Like, they dominated. Exactly. I think that they have, and their midfield right now, it's unbelievable. There's a few clubs in the world that you're like, this is just exceptional business being conducted. And I think Man City is one of them. And the fact that they basically just trust Pep. Pep's never on the hot seat. It doesn't matter. Every They know... No matter what happens, they're like, no, Pep's, Pep's the boss. Pep makes the calls. If Pep's able to get, we're going to do everything we can to support Pep within the, the confines of what football will allow, right? So yeah. Pep was making comments before the Arsenal game about we wanted Declan Rice, and not just to be Roger cover, but like he, he would be a, a player in this midfield. He said, maybe Arteta's more um, convincing than me. And I could see the board being like, Pep, we'll give you anything you want, but like, like what's the plan here because like we're just going to get players for the sake of getting players what if we get you Kovacic for like 25 and then we can reinvest elsewhere yeah okay we're going to do that still exceptional business it's on it's just so good and I love that Pep coming into that has changed football as a whole it's changed how clubs try to play the game it's changed how the Premier League is played all together it set the standard of what a Premier League campaign looks like because no longer does the season start in April the third chapter the third act starts in April the season starts August first, basically for yeah. Pep, because he's like, no, we gotta, we gotta get all these points. We are aiming for hundred points because there are gonna be teams with over ninety who are not gonna win this league because we're gonna get more than them. Mm-hmm. The the standards he set, the football that he's brought, the the elevation of the players, it's all exceptional, and I just cannot believe that I get to support the team that does that. Like it's so cool. That was not a thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Hughes was in charge in two thousand and eight. <laughs> look at where we've come from this is just, it's crazy that this is where we're at now but that's the first thing i'm grateful for within man city the second bernardo silva signed a new contract and this is just really really important because <laughs> on a you know, you know who's my note, favorite yeah. player who's yeah, my favorite player in the world note, yeah yeah it my is favorite bernardo. player Absolutely. on earth is bernardo silva the portuguese international plays for my favorite club and as far as i'm concerned like top three best midfielders on planet earth Right now, and and the Would one or two are also sitting. Best players. Portuguese player in the world right now. I'd say by far. I probably would. I mean, there would be people who I could see would say, "Well, no, he's not as involved in the score sheet," and that's a huge marker in fan votes. They'd be like, "Oh, well, he doesn't score as much," mm-hmm. and I could see that. But like in terms of footballing abilities, yeah, I think Bernardo's one of one. I think actually he's the, probably the best in the world at doing what Bernardo does. I don't think yeah. anybody does what he does. And the fact that he signed a new contract at City, fingers crossed, leads me to believe that he will stay for the duration of that contract, which means we might be seeing, you know, a good three, four more years of Bernardo Silva. And I want the statue to be made of Bernardo. I wanted them to put it right next to David Silva. And I want to just have a wing of Silva's who have statues <laughs> outside of the stadium. And the third one, and I'm going to move on from City with this one, because I, I want to make sure you can go. Erling Holland, Rodri, Ruben Diaz play for us. The best striker, the best midfielder, the best defender on planet Earth all play for Man City. I'm grateful for these things, man. It comes things, with man. being the best team. Like you, it really does. Like the best team just happens to have the best player usually in a couple positions. And it literally, in like every it. section the of the smile. pitch. Yeah. I don't think we have the best wingers in the world. I don't think we have the best fullbacks in the world either. 
I don't think we have the best goalkeeper in the world. We got some good players throughout. Like they're definitely in yeah. the, everybody in our team's world class. Everybody, our team is international. They're all up there. But realistically, I look at who we have, like who's the best number nine in the world? It's Erling Holland. Who's the best midfielder in the world right now? Well, take your pick, but it's either De Bruyne, Rodri, or Bernardo. And we got all of them. And yeah. then who's the best center back? I, people could have different cases for this. I personally believe that Ruben Diaz is the best center back in the world. And we have all of them playing for us. So there's so much to be thankful for as a Man City fan that I think that probably goes a long way into why it doesn't matter if we're in bad form, if we right. lose a few in a row. Because this was not supposed to happen. There's so many scenarios where this doesn't happen, where we have tons of good players and it doesn't click and it doesn't gel. And then we've spent a lot of money right. on players who aren't settled. That's not the case. There's harmony right now. All these players are elite. They're winners. They'll figure it out. And I have no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. And then even if you like, let's say, even if you don't win, you've got yeah. some money in the bank. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. and not money in money. I mean, and we got like, some trophies we, in the cabinet too. It's like we can afford bank. to not. That's yeah. what I meant. Like, yeah. yeah. We're coming it's, off of trouble, bro. I like, don't mean like money, right. money. I mean, like you've got some saved up. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. You, go to you, your... have, you have to have that as a number one. Um, my so number two is actually something that stems from something that pisses me off about the Premier League. <laughs> but I am thankful for the Champions League refereeing and the offside rule in the Champions League and how they deal with the offside rule. Okay. Right? Care to the elaborate? They, yeah. The way they use VAR for refer, for offsides is it, it's a binary thing. It's either on or off. It's no longer guessing lines and drawing them manually or whatever. It's that sensor in the ball thing that we saw in the World Cup. And then they brought right. that into the Champions League where as soon as the the ball believes it was kicked right as soon as that sensor picks up that it was kicked a fucking digital wall is drawn yeah. <laughs> and if any limbs are are outside of that line then you're offside it, that's it's the right. simplest way of doing that and with cameras all around the stadium and i just every time we see an offside in the in the premier league of course that liverpool one comes to mind because it was the most recent scandalous one but how many times have we had PGMOL apologize? We shouldn't even know the name of PGMOL. No, but the fact that we know it and the fact that they have to come out every single time to apologize, name the refereeing body in La Liga, bro. Go. Or in Bundesliga. I don't know. <laughs> What's the UEFA Champions League refereeing body? It's so true. I the actually, that's that a we great know point. It. I don't know what it's. Yeah, they're just the refs, bro. Like the exactly. refs. That's what they're called. And, and I that's know because I know we most. have a prem bias and that's the league that we watch the most. So we know the Michael Olivers, the, the you know, all the other referees, but yeah. the Anthony Taylors, you know, the, 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 the refs Craig that Parsons, always piss us off. Craig Parsons. <laughs> we, why do we know all the names of these referees? It's because they're shit. And they keep yeah, it's because we get pissed off. <laughs> like fucking Mike Dean was a superstar of his own such that when he retired... A fucking advertisement advertising agency made an ad about him right. being so dramatic. Like this, these guys <laughs> should not have personalities, bro. Like you are not here to have a personality or to have influence on the game in any other way that exceeds the rules of the game. Okay, mm -hmm. we just go in, do your job, leave. If we we don't want to know your name. We don't want to know what you look like. I can explain 
to a police officer sketch artist what Mike Dean looks like, and it will be a spitting image. Yeah, you're right. But that's because it's ingrained <laughs> in my mind from all the shit decisions that they've made. And then you go to the Champions League. There's only the one guy in the Champions League that I remember what he looks like. It's the bald dude with the with the yeah. the monk baldness, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's retired. Yeah. So like that's it. The monk baldness. That dude kept it tight though. That dude was like in shape. Yeah. That dude took no nonsense. The only yeah, other exactly. Champions League referee that I remember is the Italian dude, the mafia boss, John, mm. John, whatever, John Marco. What I don't, don't with no eyebrows. The yeah, with the eyes that pop out of their socket because he's yeah. so onto it, like he sees everything, eagle eyes. Um, yeah, we shouldn't know what PGMOL stands for, and and we shouldn't know who they are, but we do. And uh, the offside tech was proposed to the Premier League, and. And they said no, right? Like they didn't have it. They chose not to have it because Luton Town plays in the backyard of some houses. But yeah. I'm thankful no that we so. get this midweek break with UEFA competitions to remember mm. what sanity looks like in right. in offside rules, right? So I don't have to scream at the top of my lungs in front of the TV every time a decision right. goes wrong. And to be honest, it puts pressure on the Prem, right? Like if people start doing it, they're totally. like, why aren't you doing this? And apparently the Prem, now this is Sunsport, and I don't believe a single word Sunsport says, but I saw a thing from Sunsport that said the, the Premier League said that they can't implement that technology because the deal they have with Nike. And I'm like, what that seems fuck? like bull. I was like, it seems like BS. Does Nike not provide the balls for the other competitions? I swear Nike was the, even if they don't. like No, it, Nike, the UEFA ones this are out. always Adidas, but okay, Nike enough. is no longer the, are they still the ball for the Premier League? I guess. But even still, like, go that's, figure it out. Yeah, just put that t- put that's the That's so in. stupid. It yeah. is dumb. I thought it was because the it's stadiums couldn't handle that amount of cameras. Like the Luton well, I'm sure Luton stadiums. Town can't. Yeah, they yeah. just take it down when Luton gets relegated. <laughs> Luton Town. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. I, to be honest, bro, you can't get the offside decision wrong at Luton Town. The pitch isn't big enough. Just look. Like, that's, yeah. that's a stadium that you could definitely just get it right every time just with the eyeball test because... The capacity is nine thousand. It's literally just a communal backyard. Fred that shows up to every game is gonna, you know, just give him a flag, let him do that. <laughs> exactly. Like Bob on the other pit, on the other side of the pitch, and yeah. fucking Fred on in the, the Timbit soccer when it's like the parents who have to be the lines <laughs> yeah. they're running down. They, exactly. put the, they throw I'm the flag. <laughs> Get it? Can we move on to number four? Please. Or my second thing? Yeah. The second thing that I'm thankful for. This might seem like it happened a long time ago, but. It's important for right now. Fernando Santos getting sacked by Portugal is something I'm so <laughs> thankful for, dude. Because have you seen Portugal's qualifying campaign? I know we don't care about international break. Portugal yeah. are like six for six, c- scored 30 goals, conceded zero. Joao Felix freaking... is coming up with goals. Bruno Fernandes is coming up with goals. The attacking power that we now have is like what it should have been at the previous tournament. And you know, I've been a huge downer on Portugal for a very, very long time because everyone sees the quality, but they don't see the limitations of the side because they, they're like, yeah. well, so Fernando Santos, so what? And who has on this very show for how long we've we been like, no, dude, we can't like with Fernando Santos, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a waste. We're not, we're playing 4 4 2. Was it we're Brendan playing Dunlop, four... who you had on the show that also yeah. pointed this we out? We were talking about it too. Yeah. With oh, that was a long time. I was TJW 75. That tells you how long it's been going on. Literally, that tells yeah. you how long it's been going on. Exactly, and not to mention all the YouTube stuff that we did beforehand. I feel like I've yeah. been bitching about Fernando Santos for a long, Since long, Euro long time. 2016. <laughs> Basically, I'm like, okay, this is it. Go out on this, bro. Finally, Martinez came in, and and it's not like he's like a world class manager, but at the very least, the system he plays is attack oriented. And to be honest, that's all you need for this squad. There yeah. are very few teams on planet Earth with the with the firepower that Portugal has, because you're just it's lucky. 
for international, it's basically luck. Which yeah, players declare for you? True. And then you have the, the selection of the pie. We now have center backs to go as well. Because for a long time, it was, okay, we have a lot of attacking. Where's the midfield? Where's the yeah. um, where's the center backs? Bro, Palina, Bernardo, midfield. There's your pivot. Figured it out. Ruben Diaz. And then center backs, Ruben Diaz and Antonio Silva. Figured it yeah. out again. Incredible. No problem. Literally. You could not. You couldn't even. You couldn't ask for better. Everywhere in the everywhere in the squad, we have a player who's in contention for being among the best in the world in their position. So what do you need? You need a manager who can get the most of them. I feel like we have as about as good as you can ask for for the international level because we have a manager who now understands the firepower that he has, understands that we basically world class position players in every position. How do we get the most out of them, dude? Six games played, six wins, zero draws, zero losses, twenty four goals scored zero goals against 18 points, five clear at the top of the group. It's about as perfect as you can get. What more could you possibly ask for from that? Like, obviously you just wanted to translate to the next tournament, bro. I have legitimate confidence going into Euro 2024 now. Yeah. As you should legitimate confidence. You should this like BS, like, ah, maybe like we'll, we'll have to see if Portugal can figure it out. No contingencies, nothing. Portugal are going to be, at minimum, a top three side in the next Euro. Yeah, I, con- I, I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that. That's crazy, yeah. bro. Oh, man, if that if that shit carries forward to 2026, dude. Oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with Portugal with the World Cup. That, like, I'm getting ahead of myself. But this is the type of thing that you want to see for <laughs> an international team with all the firepower. It's like England's pissed off because they have all the talent. They have more talent than God. And they're like, why can't we do this? I've been there. This is how Words. I'm feeling now. Like, oh, okay. This is it. Yeah, figure it out, Gareth. Now Fernando is Santos isn't there anymore. I'm so grateful because I feel like we can see the full power of the squad. And it's been brilliant. Ronaldo scoring, he, whether or not he's in the team, Gonzalo Ramos is there. Joao Felix, somebody understands what to do with Joao yeah. Felix, bro. Makes me so happy. Leal, Bernardo, name them, bro. We got them. They're playing and they're playing awesome. And I, I can't get enough of it. So I'm, I'm over the moon. Is your gratefulness here twofold? Is it because Portugal's kick killing it and Italy isn't? And as a Toronto Portuguese <laughs> man, is it twofold? What's that expression mean? Cherry uh, on top. Losers focus on winners. Winners focus on winning. I don't give a shit about Italy right now. I could <laughs> give it. The, I only envied when my when I was watching the limitations of our side, and I'm like, these these bastards are out here cooking in yeah. in a Euro. And that should be us, to be honest. And then for the World Cup, they don't make it. I'm like, "Uh, this is funny. (laughs) Because there'll always be just a little bit of of laugh at it. But to be honest, when we're killing it, I genuinely, I don't care about any other side. Yeah, Not France, not Spain, any of them. Like, bring them up. That's true. That's true. And and you look at Fernando time. already sacked at Poland, right? Like, Yeah, right away. And they played for for two to begin with. He came in, which is what they were doing. (laughs) Like, what did they He came into a team of of a lot of unknowns and Robert Lewandowski, which is similar to the team he inherited for 2016 Euros and still messed it up. He's like, what's this? Like, Bunch of bricks and a world-class number nine? I could do this. Yeah, he's like, wait, nobody speaks... He's like, nobody I, he didn't even Portuguese. speak English. Nobody, that's exactly it. It wasn't Matthew nobody who speaks like, English. I, at least I can help you out. We can speak English here. Right. Even, you know, Lewandowski's trying to speak Spanish to him. He's like... <laughs> Nope. I got nothing, bro. He's like, I'm. Li- I only speak Portuguese, and I don't know what you guys are saying. Why yeah. are we losing? He's just pointing four, four, two. But yeah, but how are we gonna score? If he has score. a good agent, <laughs> what are you if talking? He has a good about? agent. He should be hired in Saudi Arabia at the moment. So I don't know. I'd say you know I, I would. I like if I'm Fernando Santos, I'd be looking at what's going on in Saudi Arabia right now and be like, hey, 
Give me a job. Nobody here wants yeah, me. Or Qatar. Yeah, literally. Like somewhere's got to want him. He's, he's somebody's yeah. grandfather. But I'm very grateful that he was sacked because it, it makes me happy to see how Portugal are doing now. <laughs> We're flourishing. We're thriving. And I love it. Anyway. I, I love yours. it for you. Thank you. All right. My next one. My next one's pretty serious. It's a football league. Okay. Okay. I'm very thankful for last minute winners. And there is oh. a recency thing here. Okay. Of course. Oh, Scott right. McTominay scores too as a Scotsman when Sir Alex needed it the most. Like scenes. He couldn't write it. Okay. Yep. But the last minute winners is one of the most beautiful things in football for any fan that supports any mm. team whatsoever. There's yep. nothing like winning a match via last minute winner. Yes, you can smash yeah. a team 5-0 in the first half and it's cruising to the end of the to the final whistle. And it's great. It feels great, right? Because you got your business done. You don't have to work as hard for the rest of the game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you still have to work hard, but not as much. You're, like the mental stress on the players is not there. You're cruising. Nice day in the office. Do it again on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But a last minute winner is one of the best feelings as a, that you can experience as a football fan watching your team regardless of who that team is yeah unparalleled elation when the last minute limbs winner goes in and on the on the counter of that if we're making the things i hate the most in football you might say conceding last minute yeah, winners because that's the, the most minute. sinking feeling you're like oh, oh like, are you knowing that me? you won't have a chance to even respond exactly you're like where's Klopp? Well, can we get the replay can we replay yeah. this i just i want to replay real quick <laughs> <laughs> Let's play this over again because this is not, yeah, not fair. There's no way that they him from a replay in this weekend. No, interesting. It's so funny that even he said that. Like, I get him. I can kind of understand the sentiment because he's like, this is the mo-. he's basically like, this is the most wrong anyone has ever been about something. So we should get to replay something. But you, and, but and to his credit, he did say, now I understand it sets a precedent, so it's very unlikely that this will happen. And he's right. But, like, to even suggest, bro, we should replay yeah, this game yeah, yeah. is pretty silly because, to, come on, bro. Like, so you've had how many, how many games have Liverpool benefited by VAR decisions? Does do all those accumulate in one wrongdoing? Probably way mm. more than that, to be honest. So, like, in terms of breaking even, you're still in the side of benefited more. You're, from yeah, VAR you're still than in a profit. Hard, yeah. So, yeah, you're still, you, yeah, you're in the black here, bro. So, shut up. But. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. That that's a very very good one. I wish I included that. that's a that's a general one for the sport as a whole. Mine were things that I personally am appreciative for, like in my personal life. Yeah, but you're right. Last I'm personally winners, appreciating I, Scott coming in and scoring too because I as soon as he came in, I was like, yeah, we're chasing a we're chasing a one nil defeat, and Scott McTominay comes on, and yeah, boy be the was that one of the, the best. <laughs> like boy was that one of the best times I've ever been wrong. Like it's, it's yeah. so good. Just winning in the last minute is amazing. What nationality would Scott McTominay have to be for him to be considered an elite, like, player? Basically, or, like, at least be given a chance to demonstrate that he can be more than what he's been used for. Englishman. Like, I think if he just declared for England, he would be no, I don't think so. looked I, I still at think he's as, too, like, a different kind of player. I think if he facially looked different, and oh, if he okay. was, like, like, if we had to take Scott McTominay as a player, but give him a full makeover, full, full, full makeover, flag, face hair color height whatever it everything what are we thinking how here? what would we think because i'm thinking if he was like i don't know like german for instance and he came yeah. in and did that people would be like guys the next thomas muller is the greatest player we've ever like this yeah. is crazy you know what i mean 
because he actually has some scoring capabilities. So he did that for Scotland. He's, he tends to score braces. Yeah, he grew he up as a striker. Like he, in the academy, he was a striker. And I'm honestly, the guy's 6'3. I'm thinking fucking 4'4'2 with Rasmus Hoyland on top. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, do it, man. That would be What sick. do you have to lose? We have Try. nothing Remember to lose. Remember when Fellaini was striker for a while with David Moyes? He was just like, oh, we need a goal. Fellaini, go. And yeah, but, just go uh, elbows Fellaini out. Fellaini couldn't strike. He would just chest it and it would stick yeah. until someone else came. <laughs> but, yep. Scott's actually got a strike on him. Like some of the, if you look back at some of the goals he's scored for Scotland and United, like he's he's got pretty good technique and shooting. It's just I don't yeah. think he has the movement there. But no, fucking, he, but he fuck, tends what to else score do we have to in lose? bunches. Like yeah, and always. we move players Who's? all the time in this sport. Like Rico Lewis, you see how he's playing for Man City? People ask him what yeah, is he? I saw him yesterday. He's a footballer, bro. Like even Pep was like he operates better in the channels than Phil Foden does. He's like yeah. Foden has great like abilities that are better than Lewis in some other areas. But like he said, I didn't teach Rico Lewis what to do in those channels and how to make those movements. He just instinctively knows. Yeah. Google, is some he a fullback or is he a midfielder? I don't know. Some players have the ability really to player. move. Bernardo's another one, right? Like you can move him oh, anywhere and he, like he'll play, right? Yeah. So I, I genuinely don't See what think ha- we what don't happens? have something to lose. Like, just do it. He's obviously not a CDM. I know they want him to be, but like, or the or he was wanted to be for a long time because he was tall. Yeah. So like, oh, he'll just be our our holding midfielder. I mean, yeah, yeah, Mourinho just was like, it's tall, strong. Put him in CD and put him in the six. Let's put him there, literally. And then for Scotland, he goes and he's scoring like he scores goals in bunches. Like he tends to get a few and then not for a while, and then a yeah, few yeah, yeah. and then not for a while. It's, bro, try. Do just do it. Why not? You imagine we don't Braveheart. need Evan Ferguson his because pre-match, yeah, his how pre-match funny it would be every time would just be play Braveheart. <laughs> They'll never take our freedom, and then just put Scott there. <laughs> Time to grow his hair out like super yeah. long. Sorry, yeah, you were saying something about Evan horseback. Ferguson. No, just because that seems to be like United are linked with Evan Ferguson, who's physically looks exactly like McDominay. So you just yeah. go, you know what? Who needs him? Let's make our own. We don't need the Irish number nine. Let's make a world-class Scottish number nine and turn yeah, absolutely. Scott McTominay into a super sub striker. Yeah, because what do we have to lose? Try what do we have to lose? Yo, Ten Hag's super pragmatic, bro. Why not? Like, what do you, yeah, genuinely, yeah, he's, it. he's, if it, there's a guy to do that, it's probably him. I guarantee you he's thought about it. Well, especially now. <laughs> After yeah, that, yeah. Anyway. He's like, oh, maybe, wait a minute. Maybe we will. <laughs> can I, uh, can I give you my, my third one? Yes, please. Our sixth thing so far. The third thing that I'm thankful for, and this is uh, recency bias comes into this. I alluded to this slightly in my last one. Barcelona saving Joao Felix is something mm. that I'm deeply, deeply thankful for because, like, I, I technically don't have allegiance to Barca. You and I go back on this, back and forth with this. Like, we both tend to cheer for one side more than the other in the classical, but like, I've gone to the Camp Nou, I've cheered for Barca yeah. hard in my life. And like, seeing. Joao Felix flourish for them. I'm like, I would get a Barca jersey. No, zero problem. I would totally get that in a heartbeat. I have for a sure. Pedri jersey from last year. Like, literally yeah, right yeah. here. I have, I probably have like five Barca jerseys on this wall. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm a bigger Real Madrid fan. Yeah. But so it, it's kind it's complicated in, in the, in the rivalry debate. But if we remove that for a second, we just look at my boy, Joao Felix. And the terror that he was kept at. He's been kept in a cage beaten worn down abused for years and years and years at club yeah. level and at international level but like, like that audio little... like that tiktok every time i come here i am abused <laughs> exactly every right bro. I up to work. <laughs> but yet i look at it and i think of it as like the flower in the dump you know what i mean that like the yeah, hope breaking perseveres. through the concrete there's just something about one little seedling that's all it takes to just <laughs> 
sprout and then all of a sudden a breeze comes and it pollinates an area and then we have a garden what we're looking at right now so poetic it's really really nice and i'm inspired for this poetry by the performances i'm seeing out of joe felix it's so nice to see ballers play i could probably make a whole section i'm thankful for about just ballers in the sport because we don't have that a whole lot anymore like Mm -hmm. there's very few players who are enabled to just be liberated on the pitch because largely everything's extremely coached there's a few players right now who have liberty in football jude bellingham's one of them he basically has a free a free run position go figure it out jude joe felix has been given this bernardo at times has this there's games when he's allowed to drift there's other games where he's really not foden basically has this because he's i'm gonna toss in matoma man matoma was Kaoru Matoma's so absolutely yeah alan maximine used to be yeah 100 percent. like there's players that we just don't see enough of like this anymore and for joe felix to just be basically given the keys at barca not that he's like the key cornerstone of anything for them but basically he gets the ball and he's allowed to figure out what am i looking at what's ahead of me what can i make musiala is like this as well yeah what what can what decision can i make with the ball right here right now and that's something that's that gets fans excited because bro through pretty much everything that man city do i can tell you what the next thing coming up is most people should be able to watch city and go oh here's what happens next because yep. when you watch them over and over again you start to recognize the patterns of play you could see even on a grid like if, if the players were removed and you're just watching an automated version of this using little circles and say what team is this you go, oh that's city i i recognize how they move and how the patterns yeah Joao Felix breaks all that. He's a maverick. He literally just decides, I get the ball. I'm going to pick my head up and see what am I going to do. And sometimes it's run. Sometimes it's pass. Sometimes it's skill. Sometimes it's take a crazy touch and then go for a huge run and get fouled, but not get knocked over and keep going. There's a lot of things that I think that people who saw Joao Felix at Benfica have known he could do but that he hasn't been allowed to demonstrate for a long time. So a lot of people wrote him, wrote him off. And we've been talking about Felix a lot on the show over the last couple of weeks, but I'm thankful for this because I love watching players flourish, even players who I don't particularly like the teams of. When I see a player like doing really well, I'm like, this is a good feeling. Like even yeah, so much yeah. fun. watching him crush at Liverpool, I'm like, that's a good player right there. Like, I, yeah. I, it's like that little like two pumps on the heart kind of chest. Like respect. I like I this guy. Respect. I don't like bro. where you are, but respect. I have nothing but respect for what you're doing. I have nothing but appreciation for Barca for basically figuring out how to get Joao Felix for free on a loan and pay him nothing for the whole year and basically restore his confidence. Minimum wage thing. It works, but yeah, they put him literally, they put him on minimum wage. They put him on like the lowest, <laughs> the lowest earner at the club. And he's like, I don't care, bro. I'm just happy to demonstrate this. Seeing Felix happy makes me happy. Seeing football played in this like red pill form where you're just like, nah. I'm removed yeah. from what the norm is. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go left, and everybody else <laughs> That's goes a funny right. Way of putting it. I like seeing it, and I'm happy that it's Joao Felix as well, because compatriot international. It only bodes well for me if he succeeds more, and if he ends up leading Barca to success, I'm okay with that because it will be because of Joao Felix. Like that's very that's a contingency yeah. in there that I'm like if it bodes well for both because of Joao Felix, it bodes very well for. Him. Yeah, no, I genuinely him. I understand where you're coming from with that. And uh, I myself, I'm kind of relieved for him, right? Like, I don't yeah. have the same kind of love that you have for Joao Felix, but I'm kind of relieved right. for him that he's able to just, like, let those Atleti and Chelsea days go by and 
focus on what he's doing in Barcelona and just have the freedom to roam around, right? Like we, we've spoken in the same way about Rafa Leal at AC Milan and two Portuguese boys. Let's go run it up. Euro 2024. Bro, crazy. And 2026. 2028, yeah, yeah. I want every step of the way. I want, <laughs> I want domination for years to come. But I'm about halfway through my list. You want to give me your number four? All right, bro. This one, uh, back to the funnies a little bit. Uh, All right, here we go. I am very thankful, and I think everybody is kind of like the football online world is very thankful for this, and it's a CBS panel, the CBS Champions League panel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is we're brilliant. all extremely Dude. thankful for that because the, the entertainment that they provide for us. And if, if you guys don't know, highly recommend you to go check it out. Is Kate Abdo, Terry Henry, Jamie Carragher, and uh, Michael Richards, Big Meeks. Big Meeks. The, the chemistry that they have, the, it shouldn't work, but I don't know why it does work. It shouldn't work, but it's so funny. It's so energetic. It's so different from the, the gray kind of presentation styles that we've seen from. Yeah from pundits it's in the Jersey and it's forcing yeah it's forcing it's others to to go and change content. something right mm-hmm. like it's forcing it's, sky sports to bring in energy it's forcing a lot of other broadcasters to try and recreate the same thing but when it's natural and you don't have to try and force it it translates so well to the tvs and and that's exactly what what we're seeing it's basically what tjw tries to be just on a much higher level because they have they yeah. know the players so they could talk to the players, but being silly with your friends, you know what it is? It's basically like a fight companion. It's Joe Rogan's like, it is, fight it companion is, it is, it is. For, for international footy because Kate Abdo's total professional, consummate yeah. professional, but knows how to how Speak to seven languages. poke fun, <laughs> knows how to poke people, to antagonize people, to have different responses. Henri is such a character. Carragher is such a character. Obviously, Big Meeks big is, the, the, is big the, a lot of the bunch, right? He, like He's such, such a character, and he has been forever. And they work together. It's not that they have no analysis or it's all BS. They still have their analysis. But what breaks through is when they're just being silly with one another. And we love to see that as fans because what we idealize these players, right? As players, we're like, that's Thierry Henry, bro. Like Thierry Henry could be like a Zidane figure where he just like is very stoic, doesn't speak very much. Very much like That's true. Reserved, you know, he's very, you know, intelligent with how he decides to break things down. But instead, yeah, he's you just can like see it. when Terry goes off on a tangent and starts speaking about like tactically what strikers should be doing and what teams are doing and and like his analysis. You see, it, you're like, mm, he's dropping some knowledge right there. He is. He's brilliant. But then the other side, you just see his like the little like lip pump fake that he does there, where <laughs> it's, it's just so like funny, the little dude. waggle of his lips whenever something happens. He's just like yeah. drops the everyone's like he doesn't have to say a word. <laughs> And everybody laughs because he's do- he's doing it. He's, he's a freaking unbelievable character. I think there's been a lot of this like emergence in the footy world. The overlap is a huge part of it, yeah. right? Being able to see like who Roy Keane was as a footballer versus as an analyst on a panel. He's so yeah. funny. It's so it's so funny to watch these guys as characters now. I I can't get enough of it. So that's a great one, dude. Like if not the CBS panel as the one in particular, but like how about the motion of football analysis moving from desk and a lot of desk shows are boring as hell yeah to personalities people want energy to yeah and doing it right charisma like and what's so refreshing for us fans and the reason a big reason is why this works is that they don't just talk about the football side they they you know they dig into the personality of the players they they have some fun with it they they shoot the shit right like it's yeah. it's everything that people have been doing at home watching games and just analyzing at halftime between each other and throwing in some right. jokes here and there and it's the fact that they can 
you know, break that professionalism a little bit and, and be personal with their questions and, and make some fun with whether it's Maldini or Schmeichel on the pitch or whoever yeah. else it is. Like these are, these are huge names, but it's kind of personifying them a little bit to us and, and we get that sympathy. Right. Yeah, I agree, dude. That's, that's a great one. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give you one next. It's going to make you laugh. It's not, it seems like it's a joke, but genuinely, I mean this seriously. The next thing that I'm thankful for in football is the Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the I Bundesliga. I kind of expected bro. this to be, to be honest. It had to be because what did you say to me this weekend when I tried to get you to watch Union Berlin versus Dortmund, which was the match of the weekend, by the way. And I knew it would be before the game. You remember what, what you said? What did I say about the Bundesliga? I was like, there's no pain in watching the Bundesliga. It's pure joy all the time. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. said, you, what no, did you say? No, the pain is watching the Bundesliga. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that's <laughs> don't say that. Because it's, I know you're taking the piss and it's just a poke and, it's, be, it's and a, be silly. It's an ongoing joke from like three years ago. For a long, long, long yeah. time. It's just like, I won't watch the Bundesliga purely out of spite, no matter how good it is. In terms of most exciting title races in Europe, I think it probably will be in the Bundesliga this year. In terms of Put on any match in any given weekend, which game is going to be the most fun to watch? Most, like any of the top basically eight teams in the Bundesliga, if they're playing one another, it'll be a barn burner. And if they're if any of the top like four are playing anybody in the league, it'll be a barn burner. So there's very, very few games that are going to be disinteresting for the neutral. Because yeah. you, as a neutral, you watch, you're like, okay, who can I get into? It's, I understand. It's hard for some like mid table Bundesliga games. You're like, I don't get, I don't know the narratives. I don't know the players, what's happening here. But, bro, this is, people are going to start to know these players. And it, I don't care how long it takes for it to happen. Eventually it will, because you can't avoid it when you see players go to a new team. You're like, where did this guy come from? And mm -hmm. then you look back and you're like, yo, that team oh, he's was been killing good, it at like bro. Freiburg. <laughs> exactly. I love watching the Bundesliga. And when I'm sitting there on a Saturday morning watching Borussia Dortmund versus Union Berlin, and I'm like, this game's going to be a barn burner. And I said that before. I was like, I have to make sure I'm watching this game. What happens? It's uh, Union Berlin score. Two minutes later, Dortmund score. Or excuse me, it was the other way around. Dortmund scored first. Yeah. And then within two minutes, they concede. And I'm like, that's Dortmund. That's exactly yeah. what they do. Then they score again, pulled off for offside. Then uh, Berlin scores pulled back for offside. You're like, damn, what the hell happened here? Then they score on the cusp of halftime, 2-1. Second half, Dortmund come back. What goal ties it? A freaking, like, belter from outside. You remember Patrice Evers' goal against Bayern in the Champions League? Yeah. That, like, belter into the top. I'll it was that from that. 10 yards further back. You're I play like, that goal on my mind every what? night before I go to bed. Every night, bro. That's the goal that, that one of the Dortmund players That's scored. That's amazing. From 10 yards further back. It was from Ooh. basically 30 yards. Laser. Then Dortmund score again and again. And I'm like, Six goal thriller, two goals disallowed, comebacks, bangers. This game has everything you'd ever need. And why? It's match week seven. Like, what's happening? Here? Why aren't <laughs> Dortmund better at closing things up? Why are Union Berlin, a team who normally doesn't concede, conceding all these goals? <laughs> it's so much fun to watch that even if you don't know the names of all the players, and, and we spoke about this, Dortmund not having like that guy, that superstar that drives the views to them. Yeah. I genuinely think anybody who gives Bundesliga a chance just on any given weekend, and it's on DAZN now. So if you have DAZN for Champions League, you can watch it. You're going to have such a good time watching the games because every time Leipzig play, Bayern, Dortmund, Union Berlin, Leverkusen, any of these teams are playing, it's going to be a barn burn. The game's going to be 5-3. It's going to be 4-2. It's going to be 6-1. It's going to be just some unbelievable scoreline where some events are going to happen that are thrilling to watch. Yeah. 
I can't tell, you know, who's going to start watching. I know there was a time during COVID when everybody watched uh, the Bundesliga because it was the first game back. Yeah. And I, I agree. Dortmund that, or something? Yeah. Superstars bring attention to leagues. And the Bundesliga has a tough time retaining stars because they move on. And, and they know that. Everybody kind of understands this arrangement. But I'm telling you, man, if you if anybody, I'm great. I'm thankful for this. And I hope people... I know it's hard because you have you're more invested into the Premier League narratives. You don't have as much time to watch footy or the the interest. It's fun. It's so much fun, and I'm thankful that it exists because in years past it's been like the Bayern Munich show, and I'll fully yeah. concede to that. Especially this season, that is not the case. Last season we had one of the most exciting title races on in in Europe, right? It was That's Dortmund true. who blew it on the Dortmund, last day. Union Berlin so was top of the league for so long. Right. It was a three-horse race. They they pulled back. Dortmund pushed ahead. It looked like they were going to do it. Bellingham spearheading them. Then they capitulate against uh, against Bayern, so it looks like Bayern's going to run away with it. Then Bayern loses, and then it's in Dortmund's hands, and Dortmund loses on the last day. You're like, Lost this is crazy season. that this happened. This season, there's legitimately like going to be a four, four or five team race where the gap will be six points or fewer for the foreseeable future. Because nice. they're so exciting, the way they're playing. Thrilling title races, thrilling games week in, week out. It's not a foregone conclusion anymore that Bayern Munich win this league. And that's like the biggest thing in the world. So if you're looking for who's going to dethrone them and who's going to be the next one, watch. Watch. Bro. To your credit, man, and to the Bundesliga's fun. credit, like I know we I know we joke around about this all the time, but yeah. if I was to introduce someone into the, like, into the sport and to understand, like if someone off the street was like, Mina, first of all, how do you know my name? <laughs> what's going on right. but if they're tell like me the tell me why soccer is the most you know famous sport in the world there's two matches going on one pick any match in the Bundesliga at any given weekend <laughs> and then to see how elite it can be France versus Argentina and that's it Whoa. that that's that one. I think converts anyone to like watch City play watch Newcastle play watch Bayer Leverkusen play watch real madrid play <laughs> those sure. are like you know what i mean or you know what barca right now too because felix yeah <laughs> there's 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 different options that you can have but man it's such a wonderful sport. i'm thankful for the sport as a whole but like the fact that there's variations it's technically it's a little bit yeah, slower yeah. at times in in italy but then you have your explosive like athletes like leao who just or osimian or kvada not so much now but last year who just like add excitement to the league i like that that exists and it's cool that in different leagues it looks course, different, but the result is still the same football thing. is happening. Yeah, it's cool, man. But anyway, that's my number four. You're gonna give me your last one. Yeah, my number five is kind of personal, and and I know you probably knew that I was gonna bring this up, but it's a David Beckham documentary. Like, what are we doing here? You know what? It's I haven't watched it yet. My grandparents have been here all weekend. I'm gonna I, watch it today. Yeah, you you should. But the David Beckham documentary is everything that I thought it would be. And I don't, I don't want to hype it up for you, but you know this about me, and I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but David Beckham is the reason I started watching football. He is the reason I started watching football, and that was before I, I was aware of any like Spice Girls or whatever. Obviously, it had already begun and all of that kind of stuff, but I fell in love with football because of him, and you've given me a painting with David Beckham on it, and that, yeah. for, that was still one of the best birthday what presents weird I've ever gift, received. Eh? Such a cool, like, weird gift that I gave you. I was like, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a painting commissioned of David yeah. Beckham. How do I give it still, to? You? And I did. And I'm looking at it right now. So, like, I, I can't <laughs> turn the laptop, but I'm looking at it right, right now. And I know you know that because I took a picture of that very same scene yeah. where the painting was done, 
from the documentary and took the picture of it in the background and it was just it was perfect but the documentary for me does does one thing which is it explains how good he really was for people that thought that his fame superseded his abilities mm. and it's and it puts into perspective like no guys this is genuinely at the time one of the best players in the world right. who just happened to be one of the biggest stars in the world right and and it's a lot of people underestimate him and his abilities because of that because of how big he was because of all the circus with our spice and i think our generation once they became more aware of them he was already at either real madrid or la galaxy and then you kind of catch the downslope of his career but i still to this day will die on the hill of he should have won a ballon d'or in 99 but mm. he finished second and he didn't but for me that that is a robbery and the documentary goes into that a lot and what it must have felt like to go through what he went through with England in 98 and then to finish that with winning the treble in 99 just going through that and understanding that his life was basically a movie and then you see it and the, all the footage that they have I'm, I'm just thankful for that documentary happening and uh and I put it up there with the last dance but personally not out of like production or anything like that but personally I'm right. putting it up there Cool, I can't wait for yeah. you to see it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I think sports documentaries are cool, right? Like there's yeah. so few of them that are not good. Most of them do it very, very well. But then you have ones that, and they're not made about anybody. Like, you know what? I say that, but then Sunderland had a documentary and I was super into it. Wrexham have a yeah, documentary. so into like, the Wrexham. Maybe there so are, cool. but I think that actually probably bodes better for the sport because it's like, whether or not you are, among the very, very greatest of all time, like Michael Jordan's documentary, or one of the best footballers ever in the case of Beckham and explaining football abilities versus superstardom, all the way down to teams that are playing in what looks like the mud. Like who the hell cares yeah. about Sunderland, England? Who the hell cares about Wrexham United in the fifth tier of the England football pyramid? Like, why does this matter? Non-league. Like, why are we all watching non-league football documentaries and on yet, Disney Plus? <laughs> It proves that people care about narratives. When you introduce narratives to them, why did I watch Sunderland? Why was I so invested, bro? I cared so much. And seeing how much they cared, I'm like, that's kind of cool for them. Like, yeah, this, yeah, is, this yeah. is cool that they that this exists. Because you could probably make that very same documentary about any team on earth. And if the documentary is produced well, where it fully encapsulates the team struggles, the, the passion of the fans, the stakes of the matches, it matters. It feels so significant, bro. The all or nothing documentaries for I've watched yeah. all of them. The city one, the Arsenal one, the 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 Spurs one. I love those. It's so those interesting also, the to production go behind value the scenes. So good, bro. Into the into the culture of the sport. I wish that we ended on this because mine is not going to sound as cool as your last one because that seems like thoroughly impactful and meaningful. That's all right. My last one, it, it is related to the footy. It's not necessarily mine, and I, this this one I'm glad about. I'm thankful for great scouting. Great scouting, man. Bro, great scouting is wonderful. Let's look at some of this. Like, Unearthing gems, bro. From the from the young players that we've talked about on here on, the, on our U23 baller episodes, like, who do we mention? Uh, Ryan Turkey, Jeremy Doku, Cody Gakpo, Chuameni, Gabri Vega. Like, players like this who now you probably know the names of. Yeah. But that at the time that we said them, I don't think that they were stars. When I said Sergio Gomez should go, should take a step up, I didn't mean to Man City, and yet he found himself in Man City. When I said Jeremy Doku could move to one of these other teams, I didn't say Man City. City. Yeah. And then he moved to City. I'm like, 
they're listening <laughs> they're listening city <laughs> you're listening thank you for listening guys it's cool to see players who i i pay attention to scouting reports like oh this is the next guy and then watching how their careers develop from that point forward and by the way that's just for a few that we've talked about on the pot there's also brighton scouting to produce one. yeah brighton, Brighton's man, another brighton. but i wanted to shout out brighton in particular because their whole project's based on scouting mitoma ferguson kaiseido who they sold kaiseido McAllister. all the money in the world the brighton scouting network and not to mention all the young wingers that they have right now who by the way are all just over flooding each other they're all yeah. getting two three games the and then they're out man, everyone yeah you know what I mean? Like, it's cool to see when you take this money ball approach, basically, yeah. and you scout based on metrics and then the eye test, right? Because they still have to pass an eye test. And you go, man, like, Kairou Matomo's 24 years old, has a university degree in dribbling. That dude's not going to play in the Premier League. And he's one of the biggest <laughs> ballers in the league, dude. He's freaking tearing it apart. That's so cool. And then let's look at the sweater I'm wearing, the Benfica one here. Benfica. And they're scouting. I mean, they're Always. This is mostly like youth development. Conveyor belt. But that is still scout. Enzo. Enzo Fernandez. Everybody remember him? Yeah. yeah. Enzo. <laughs> Bought him for 20. Sold him for 120. Four months later. Gonzalo Ramos promoted. Joao Felix promoted. Antonio Silva promoted. Joao Neves. The next one, by the way. The next big one at City. Promoted. Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz promoted. Yeah. Angel Di Maria when they did the scouting for that dude. 10 30 I mean even even going back to ago. David Luiz right like you've got uh, oh, Matic everybody's millions there's millions that we could name for for Benfica it's it's awesome to see great scouting implemented because people I think appreciate good players on the highest level when we see them but I think they don't always appreciate the scouting that goes behind it to basically present players like this with a platform right like who scored that banger against City last year? In CISO, Julio in CISO yeah. scoring this banger against it. He's from Paraguay. Think of the think of Who's Paraguay, in Paraguay globally. Yeah. And going, you are gonna score the goal of the season against Manchester City, the trouble winners in England yeah. at, at, at 19 years old. That's cool that that the happens. network has to be layers and layers deep for that to happen, right? Yeah, like it's crazy. It really is. The infrastructure to set up a, a proper scouting network is insane. And it to really actually is. like respect to the clubs that take the risk on on some of these players because it could yeah. pay off. Sometimes you just you never hear about them again and then yep. and then that's the end of that. But you know, famously Dortmund was was always like that, the the constant conveyor belt of you know, putting faith into one star, allowing him to be a star, selling him for a five and six times as much as you as it cost you to get him and just keeping on doing that you know leipzig and salzburg are doing the same it, it's so nice so many as a fan. all of france all yeah of france. all of france basically as a fan you just it's so nice when you when you get that surprise of oh who the hell's that guy? remember when we learn about the Hinacho? when the yeah. was at city we were who the hell's that guy yeah. It's it's such a nice feeling of yo this guy's low key a baller. Let me just look up his yeah. name and, and find out his age and everything about him, and then and then to see him actually flourish and and go up is is so nice and it's so wholesome <laughs> yeah. for football. It's brilliant. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Like I love it. It's awesome. I hope that it translates to everybody who listens to stuff like this because the last one should be the jersey one. Yeah. I'm I'm thankful for the Extremely jersey. I love grateful the, for the jersey. I have a lot of creativity, but I'm very purpose driven. You know, so mm -hmm. like I I love having an outlet that I can like channel 
things into because watching 15 games every weekend every weekend for the last yeah. like seriously like six seven eight years the the data that i've consumed I'm like what do i do with this what would i do with this if yeah. well didn't exist if we didn't do this no, nothing i don't know what i would do with it i, I think i go crazy because I'm like, why? Probably. What's the why? Yeah, but this yeah. this is the why. It's it gives me the reason. I watch all these games because I want to know what happened. It's what, a never ending. What we're going to talk about on the Sunday or the Monday, whatever, right? right? Like, like yeah. what are we going to talk about on the show? And and how can we spin it into a narrative? How can we make it like e- each episode feeling like it has purpose and not just like we were doing early on, which is just every couple of days we record talking about whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, no man, like let's give purpose to episodes. Let's think deeply about what we're going to talk about and why it matters and then put thought into all that goes into it, bro. The rebuilds, the scouting episodes that like, there's so much, there's cool stuff, man. And I like prepping for episodes like this because this was fun. And this is a gratitude episode. Yeah. Like I'm thankful for the Jersey. Wall. And an- another point about the Jersey wall is, is something, it gives us an hour of uninterrupted you and me time, yeah. you and Joe time, me, you and Joe time, like just yep. uninterrupted time where we just get to speak about the one thing that we all three of us really love. Right. Joe and I are going through a little bit of a moment here at the moment, <laughs> but in general, like it gives us a moment to just speak to each other every single week for the last year and a half to two years. Right. So it's, right. It, it's definitely a net positive in all of our lives. Yeah. It's cool. It gives us like the opportunity to sit. I think a lot of friends just like send each other stuff and then like forget to have the phone calls. Just, Hey, what's going on with you? But like, yeah. we have that every week. We just talk to each other for like, However long we want to talk for. Exactly. Talk about this. Talk and about it, that. We talk about the podcast and before and after we record. And, you know, it's it's a good moment for us to just chat, see each other face to face and everything. Exactly. It's so fun, bro. We're going to do this yeah. forever. We're going to do this forever, guys. Very grateful for the TGW. Very grateful for the TGW faithful. It's amazing. By the way, dude, the edit that I'm going to make, I haven't shown it to you because I haven't made it yet, but I know what it's going to be. You're going to laugh hysterically. It's Is it's it? going to be is it the thanksgiving the 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 family the painting of bring the turkey no the table oh that would be funny <laughs> no for we american thanksgiving cast, we'll do maybe. it yeah if we had a bigger cat yeah exactly for american thanksgiving we'll do it for now no i'll show you what it's gonna be but uh anyway guys last thing that we should say we're thankful for is all of you absolutely cheesy as hell i know but no we are genuinely thank you everybody for tuning in each and every week we absolutely love you as much as we do this because it's a lot of fun for us giving us a purpose if nobody listened it'd be it'd be hard right so i'm glad <laughs> that people do and that you know when i see people in person they can talk to me and they can message me and say hey like listen like i liked what you said here i all right this was dumb what you said here i love that i love that people listen they care about what we have to say they click play on the episodes every week as best as they can and very you know we try to do our best for each of you so thank you everybody for tuning in each and every week we absolutely love you this is going to wrap up episode number 214 of the jersey wall podcast as always i've been your host mr nathan santos with me i had brethren mina thank you for joining me thanks again for having me man happy thanksgiving to you happy thanksgiving to everyone listening and americans happy thanksgiving in a month yeah likewise dude happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving everybody and uh marica take notes bro this is thanksgiving (laughs) october 9th monday Take care, everybody. We love you. We'll see you next time right here on the Jersey One Podcast.